Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. I was reading this article about, it was by HBR, I was posted on HBR, the benefits of laughing in the office. I was just reading it this morning and it kind of inspired me to start thinking about um, one of the examples in the article literally happened to me. So somebody was, uh, somebody on my, it was my former team, they have a really big laugh, like big, loud, and kind of kind of nutty. Actually, to me, it's kind of the laugh that makes you laugh too or smile too because when they get going, you're just like, that is pure joy. And I remember somebody on my team was complaining to me about that person's laugh, like, oh, it's loud, it's obnoxious, because we were in an offical or cube environment, and so, of course, you hear everything. And um, I just said to her, I was like, well, maybe you should go and find out what's so funny. Maybe you can share a laugh with them. And, of course, she didn't really like that response because, you know, I was supposed to then go tell them, like, you need to watch your mouth or need to watch that laughter or something. I don't know what I was supposed to do, but I just didn't agree with it. And um, I really do feel like we need a lot more levity in our lives, especially in the work environment. And we're humans. We're most of us, at least we're given a sense of humor, or at least the aptitude for a sense of humor. And humor for me has gotten me through so many different, I mean, rough spots in life, you know, just keeping things light or lighthearted. And yes, I am that person that, that jokes probably at funerals. Sorry, it's just me. And I've been to a lot of them. Um, it's coping mechanism, if you will. But um, not really what I was completely going to talk to you all about today. I was I was more focused on when team members complain about other team members or when leaders come to you as a, you know, a, le- a leader to leader and it's like, oh, I got to talk about your team member, et cetera. And um, I feel like sometimes as leaders, we get that mama or papa bear syndrome um, to use kind of old terminology um, or like what parents get, right, when they get really protective of their kids. And I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday. In fact, we were at lunch and she was like, I mean, I have things to say about my siblings, but I, if, heaven forbid if anyone else says something about them. And then I'm like, no, you can't talk smack. You know, you get really protective. Um, so I was thinking about that in the context of leadership. And I've had many times throughout my career where other leaders have come to me and said, oh, my team member is complaining about your team member. And a lot of times it's just such petty crap. Like they're not wearing the right type of shoes that they should be wearing according to our business casual guidelines, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my response to things like that is always, why don't you go and ask your person, why are you worried about that, what someone else is wearing? Like seriously, what's wrong with you? I mean, do you not have enough work to do? Because if you don't, be glad to give you some more. But what floors me is that leaders sometimes, I think in the name of that team protectiveness, they will just knee jerk and go, yes, I'm going to go and I'm going to trash that person. I'm going to go talk to their leader and I'm going to go defend you. I got your back. And I think it's well intended. But I think also we need to also pause and take a step back and say, 
okay, if someone's coming to you about someone on your team, I think you listen to the feedback and you assess the feedback, right? Um, And determine, should I take action or not take action? And I think it's the same thing with your own team. When your team comes to you and says, that person, blah, 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 or that leader, blah, 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 I'm not discounting that people don't have the right to feel something. What I'm saying is as leaders, we really have to help people in general, whether it's on your team or someone else's team, really assess what is the problem here? Like, what are we feeling? Are you venting to me about how someone made you feel in a specific situation? Um, Do you want me to take action on something? Is there something to take action on? So I know it gets very complex. I don't think it's, again, like, you know, the same answer every single time. But I wanted just to give kind of a brief, you know, quick few sips on this today because I think this is like a key area where leaders and teams that work alongside each other can either create hostile Hatfield and McCoy moments. My gosh, I'm aging myself with my references today. Um, but Or West Side Story, and they remade that, so that's still current. Like a West Side Story moments between other teams in the name of, of leaders feeling protective of their teams. And I think... There's nothing wrong with wanting to protect your teams and be there for them. I mean, God knows in situations when if something goes awry, like I always take it on the chin for the team. Like, hey, ultimately that was my decision, so I'll take that or I own that, you know, because I, I champion my team to do I would never throw my team under the bus like that. Unfortunately, a lot of leaders do, and I've watched them do it. And to me, you have no business being a leader if you're going to do that because that just shows your insecurity and – your lack of care for others, and there's no servant's heart there. There's only serving self. So get out, please. And if you have leaders on your team that do that, get them out, please. They're poisoning the work environment, They're poisoning team environments anywhere and everywhere. All right, soapbox off. Uh, sip one, let's jump into this. Coach your team, first and foremost, to just not worry about others, not worry about what they get or don't get, the have and have-nots. And I know that there's a fine line between if if a team is pulling their weight on a specific project and if it's work-related, that's different. Have a conversation. What does that look like? What does that mean? What were the agreements? Again, but more often than not, I think what I see, at least in my experience, is people are so quick to go, well, why do they get to work from home more than I do? Why don't they get to – why do they have to – you know, do X, Y, and Z. Why do they get to go out and have fun together? Why do they get to go out to eat? Why do they get to, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's usually more of the culture type stuff of a team rather than work-related stuff. So coaching your team not to worry about that and then sip two, assessing that feedback. Like what is the truth there? And truth, it's usually in the middle somewhere, right? So peel away all the layers of maybe personal relationship with that person, a little bit of bias because maybe that team's a pain in the butt to work with. I get it. I have my own bias against certain teams too. And I try really hard to take a step back and give them credit when credit is due. So assess the feedback you hear from others. Assess the feedback that you hear from your own team as well. Okay, what is it that I'm hearing? And make sure that you're cutting to the core of what the issue is before you react. Super important not to meet them on their emotional level, but to make sure that you understand what it is you're reacting to or maybe even not reacting. Maybe it is just listening. 
and asking good questions and talking them off a little bit of a ledge and encouraging them to take take the higher road in the sense of, is this really something we want to spend our energy, time, and resources on because somebody else wore the wrong pair of shoes to work or they, they went to the movies as a team and we're not? Like, come on. And I think part of that too is making sure that people recognize like what you see on social is not the whole story. Like let's remember that, right? These little moment pop-ups where, oh, look, that team got together and they, take a, they t- took a team selfie. Now I'm super jealous because they always get to do things. Really? Do they post a different picture every single day of the week? Probably not. All right. But final set leads into that too is teach others by example. It's okay. Like focus on your own team and focus on what you're charged with and who you're charged with. And then just lead by example. Don't be the team that's going to be the petty ones and be like, why do they get to do this and we don't? Don't be the 12-year-olds on the playground or the, hell, I'll even go eight-year-olds on the playground to whine and worry about really petty things. And when other people decide to be petty, always go high when others go low. It's just, it's so important to make sure that we are applying our mama and papa bears um, kind of protectiveness in the right situations. We want to make sure that people see uh, your, you and your team is the example, not the exception, but the example that you want other people to follow and you want other people to see you as role models. Now that is something worth talking about. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.